0: what <laughs>
1: Welcome to issue 19 of Scout and Birdie.
2: Lost and Found.
1: I'm Jennifer Keel. And I'm Anna Wolf. So we chose Lost and Found as our theme for this issue because it is back to school time. And it's kind of this time that always feels like we're leaving summer behind and leaving the version of ourselves that we were in the summer and trying on a new personality and trying to select the kind of person we want to be.
2: Yeah, this is a time of year that feels like a big transition for me. And I mentioned this last year around this time for our issue then as well, but this is the time um, also that is the Jewish New Year, and it always feels like more like a new year to me right now than in you know the middle of winter. Yeah, as you're getting ready to go into high holidays
1: and yeah. doing all of these things of renewal and reflection
2: yeah and finding like what of yourself was really like inspiring and exciting and what you want to bring with you into the new year and what you sort of want to get rid of what you want to lose or what you maybe lost that is something you want to get back at some point
1: it's so funny because I've been feeling like that recently too and I've been like going through my possessions a lot and selecting the things that I want to keep with me and trying to evaluate my like priorities and values in this time of year. And I'm not sure what that is, but I guess it is this just like change in tempo that we're going through as a collective.
2: That's what you get when you're best friends with someone who's very Jewish. Yeah. (laughs) You sort of just get the high holidays, even if you're not observing them. Yeah. Yeah. What
1: thoughts does Lost and Found bring up for you, Anna?
2: Well, in classic... Anna and Jen fashion, Jen sort of takes it like big picture. Um, And for me, I think very specifically of Lost and Found in the school that I grew up at. Um, My mom worked at the school, and so she always knew when the Lost and Found collection was about to go to Goodwill. Um, And so when it was like a day or two before going to Goodwill, my mom would go through it with us and see if there was anything that was our size that... Um, was you know of interest to us mm-hmm. and so when you grow up in a family of four you know like you don't normally have like a North Face jacket and so I found a North Face jacket in Lost and Found once and, oh. and just like some really some choice things so I think of like amazing discovery mm-hmm. when I think of Lost and Found. Amazing.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah it's cool to think about those special things that you find that have just been left behind by someone else and how they can be so special and magical to you. Um, and in this issue, we have some really wonderful artists exploring those moments of discovery,
2: reflecting on their past. And being able to look back on who they've been and where they've come and have that moment of discovery through self-reflection or reflecting on like a collective past.
1: So we're so excited to take you into this issue, so please enjoy Issue 19, Lost and Found. All right, first up in the issue is Anna Rose Wolf. That's me. (laughs) It sure is. Anna is going to be sharing with us a poem
2: called The Silence of Sanctuary. And this is a piece that I wrote uh, while I was away this summer, um, having a very spiritual and religious experience. Mm -hmm.
1: It's very beautiful, and we are so excited to share it with all of you. Enjoy!
2: This is The Silence of Sanctuary, a space holding so many prayers, a put your nice black shoes on silence, the ones with the silver buckles that pinch your toes. This is the silence of ceremony, your father wrapping his tallest around you, air conditioning humming above, your mother humming to the sermon. This silence is ancient, but you learned it young, sitting still, eyes tracing the circular edges of architecture a feeling of awe in the bigness of it, the grandness, your sanctuary, where you were given a name, where you became an adult, and one day I'll get married here, you would imagine, eyes closed, whispering to God. Returning with your father many years later, you pull up into the large lot and park in a row, empty, save for your family's minivan. You walk into the large sanctuary and settle in an aisle, empty as well, Those same high ceilings and rounded edges, that same silence, only now, the wood paneling, fake. The maroon chairs, faded, the air conditioning buzzing above, cold. Old ladies unwrapping lozenges, crackles and coughs echoing through the room. The rabbi, whose every word you once clung to, repeating a sermon you've heard before, something about golfing in heaven. Matted carpeting and leather-bound books in dark reds, greens, and blues. Palestine and its people, Mahsors, shrubs of the Holy Land alphabetized from A to Z. And who last opened them? Are they simply decoration, a donation from some long-dead lady? And as you sit there, you dream of vivid colors blurring together, people dancing, singing up, out of their chairs, walls reverberating with prayer, space filled with sound. But for now, you sit still amidst the silence of stained glass and the light, the light you've been told would never go out, ne'er tamid. And for the first time, the question Come tonight, who will switch it off?
1: All right, we're here with Super King Reza. Who is here to talk to us about his song, Insta Coffee. Welcome. Thank
4: you, thank you. Thank thank you you
2: so much for being here
4: today, Reza. Thank you for having me, I appreciate it.
2: So, Super King Reza, that is an exciting name, a name that Jen and I were thrilled to see when we saw that we were going to have you on for Scout and Birdie. Um, and you were telling us before about how that name sort of came to you in a moment of inspiration. Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, I actually, Reza is actually a middle name that I was born with. I was named after my grandfather. So I kind of stuck with that at the beginning, but then I needed something to add it more oomph to it, so I added the king just because you know I'm a young man trying to trying to be a king, and I think that all of us at the end of the day we're really trying to be royalty. So, um, so I added the king, and then I just I eventually had to grow and evolve, and once I evolved to a um, to a rapper singer, I started as a singer. Once I evolved to a rapper singer, is when I added the super. So as a super king, Reza, you know. So, started from the bottom and then, and then got the super added on there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> started from the bottom and now we're super amazing. I love that. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about your song, InstaCoffee, and what inspired the creation of it.
4: Yeah, um, so, InstaCoffee was um, produced by a producer out here in Chicago named Jay Miner, and uh, him and I met last summer, I think summer 2017, and just kind of got together and started working on music. And uh, he sent me that beat at one point, and I just, as soon as he sent it to me, I heard it, and I just heard the chorus in my head, this like, instant coffee and soda, I took off in the rover. And I like, you know, it just, it kind of wrote itself in a sense, but where it came from, where it stemmed from, was when I moved from, Uh, Chicago to California, Uh, it it just, like, had this trance, like, meditation state of, like, driving long periods of time. It's kind of like you're on coffee, like, you know, like coffee, which is the most disgusting thing on the planet. Although, (laughs) shout out to people that drink coffee, get your juice. It is what it is. Um, But I prefer, you know, a nicer blend. But, like, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's like a, a powder that you stir up in water and it's just, I don't know, but it gets you, it gets you... Going. It, going it gets you going yeah <laughs> if you got to drive and you need something you know to keep you boosted like definitely go for the insta coffee so I don't know it just kind of came to mind and and uh, that that insta coffee um, just stuck in my head I couldn't stop thinking about it and it just reminded me of like my old roommate that went on an instant coffee kick and and I was like God it's so gross but we would still both like drink it in the morning because that was all you had you know I don't know so I guess it kind of makes it relatable because like. Anybody that's out there has tried (laughs) tried an instant coffee beverage, but like the song gives that more swag. You know, it's like it's more of like it's like a hustler's anthem in a sense. You know, struggling
2: artist, struggling what you do to survive. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly.
1: So tell us a little bit about. Um, the project that this song was created for.
4: Yeah. Um. So the project that Instacoffee was created for um, is a project called We Don't Have to Go Nowhere, um, which for me was a commentary on mental health and suicide. Um, I have family members that have committed suicide in the past, as well as um, you know relatives that uh, have uh, gotten very close, and and We Don't Have to Go Nowhere was kind of a you know, it was kind of a hug to those people in a sense of like saying like, I get it, like we're all in this together, but like we at the end of the day, we don't have to go anywhere to like truly like live in our truth and live in our present and live in our now. And, um, and I guess that's kind of where that, the heart of that project came from. I, I was dating somebody at the time that was, that was struggling with mental health issues. And, and I don't know, it just like that person seemed as if they they were constantly in motion and constantly like, we got to go, we got to do this, we got to do that. And, like uh, this kind of like manic focus and and I wanted to take a little bit more I wanted that smoothness for that person so like I just woke up one morning and I you know the night before it was one of those like we got to get going we got to get going you know like Mm -hmm. you're in you're dating somebody and they're like let's go to this bar and let's go to that bar and let's go here and let's go here you know like let's get coffee at six o'clock and you know I'm like like let's just stay home and watch Netflix and like relax and just we don't have to go nowhere like we're all good. You know, like, so I don't know. So it's kind of a hug um, to those suffering with mental illness, suicidal thoughts, um, as well as just, uh, for me, I'm a queer individual. I I identify as bisexual as well. And I think that some tonalities in that project were very much like a commentary when, um, you know, Trump got elected president and Um, kind of a a commentary in the sense of, like, we as a people don't need to go anywhere from our country as well. Um, You know, we don't have to, um, like, we the people, you know, like, in a sense, you know, so, I mean, there's various layers, but I'd say, like, if we're we're highlighting mental health, um, and then as well as just, like, um, personal empowerment and and living your truth no matter what. Um, So, yeah, but yeah, I, I think I think that kind of sums it up for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: it's it's beautiful to hear that you know out of the the scariness and the frustration that came with that election mm-hmm. uh, has come the work that you are doing, and I think it's it speaks like very true to the to Scout and Birdie because we started um, the day of.
1: Yeah, we launched our website on inauguration day. Oh
3: wow! And wow.
1: We're kind of just thinking we need to put something positive in the world and kind sure. of, yeah, almost dig in and say, like, we're here.
2: yeah, And we're going to be creating the art. Yes. And to no be elevating what. our queer voices and people of color and mm-hmm. to be a space where our friends and our community can share their voices. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I think I think a lot of us um, initially, and, and for me personally, like, I, I suffer with depression, anxiety, and, and whatnot, um, but I... Uh, when that when when that happened when when uh, the inauguration happened and when uh, our world kind of shifted to a, a different conscience, I guess like um, some of us kind of went into a shell for a little bit, and I was one of those people that kind of went into a shell and really kind of like pared myself down and and figured out like how can I get smarter and how can I and how can I bring joy and be a beacon as opposed to being hateful and, and, uh, because I disagree with anybody, you know, like I hate no one on the planet, um, regardless of everything. But, um, you know, there are those times where you feel that and and you feel like a paranoia in your gut. And I, I think that we don't have to go nowhere as a project was an outlet for me to kind of explore those paranoias and explore those anxieties that came with, Oh gosh, like, I don't know if I'm if I'm allowed to be here anymore, you know, I I don't know if they want me here anymore. And I think that using my voice for that kind of inspired others to, um, you know, come out and and say, hey, you know, like, I I really like what you have to say and I appreciate you for saying it and I look forward to what's next. And that what's next aspect is something that I thought I was gonna be silenced completely, you know, And, and I think a lot of us, thought that we were going to be silenced completely and then we realized that we weren't um, and it's important for us to continue to not be silent Mm -hmm.
2: definitely it's so important in this time that you know people are creating this art and we're so glad to be able to showcase your amazing work and if people are interested in what you're doing and want to hear more of your work where can they find you
4: Um, you can find me on soundcloud.com backslash they call me Reza R-E-Z-A, as well as you can find me on streaming platforms, Super King Reza, three words. Um, Yeah, Um, I'm building my website right now. I had a little issue uh, with some technological things, so we're fixing (laughs) it. We're going to do a nice little reboot um, probably later in the year. But for now, Super King Reza on all streaming platforms as well as SoundCloud.com backslash They Call Me Reza.
1: Awesome. And we are so excited to share reza's song with
2: you insta coffee thank you so much for being here with us thank you thank you
4: for having me it's the coffee and soda i took off in the I popped an Addy in Akron and then the cop pulled me over I closed my eyes, saw the moon, closed my eyes, saw a tomb. Wondering if I'ma make it, I know that folk like me lose It's the coffee and soda, I took off in the rover I popped an Addy in Akron and then the cop pulled me over I closed my eyes, saw the moon, closed my eyes, saw a tomb. Wondering if I'ma make it, I know that folk like me lose Momma ain't raise no fool, even though she ain't really right. Young boy from the Midwest, I don't let no shit phase me. You can talk that shit, man. You can talk it. I'ma get to stepping, I'ma get to walking, I'ma get to rolling steady, steady, heady, heady. Last cap might have broke a levy. Now I'm here on this side of town and this life shit getting pretty heavy like... It's the coffee and soda. I took off in the rover. I popped in Addy and Akron, and then the cops pulled me over. I closed my eyes saw the moon. Closed my eyes saw the tomb. Wondering if I'm gonna make it. I know that folk like me lose. It's the coffee and soda. I took off in the rover. I popped in Addy and Akron, and then the cops pulled me over. I closed my eyes saw the moon. Closed my eyes saw the tomb. Wondering if I'm going to make it, I know that folk like me, low. 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 Like it's that- the coffee and soda I took off in the Rover. I popped in Addy and Akron and then the cops pulled me over. I closed my eyes, saw the moon. Close my eyes, saw tone Wondering if I'm gonna make it I know that folk like me lose
2: Alright, next up in the issue We have Emily Matapusi-Pera An all-time fave at Scout and Birdie Mm-hmm We're so excited to share Emily's
1: piece, Images for the Afterlife, read by our good friend Abigail Phelps.
5: Age nine. I started collecting images at nine years old. Biking to new places, I aimed to fill my visual field to the brim. I took in corners with flower boxes, tidy houses, shops with funny signs, SNAP. Mental images registered. Worms struggling up from the ground after a rainstorm. The edge of the sidewalk where I skinned my knee. I put my face right up to it, SNAP. How very strange, I thought. The edge looked so different, so threatening from far away. Up close, concrete specks shimmered. At the big tree, I joined my friends to make magic in exposed roots. I'd shut my eyes to lock in the freshly gathered images, then toss my bike to the side of the tree and crouch. A little bit of mud, a popped ginkgo berry, a sacrificed worm, spit three times, stir it with a stick. Now you're ready to cast a spell for the afterlife. Central concern of the afterlife, boredom. We all agreed in our conversations at the big tree that it seemed like the kind of place with a lot of rules, not a lot of fun. You'd have to be good all the time or else go to the bad place. God was a souped-up teacher, one who was all-knowing, filled with orders for how to behave and always right about everything. In my daydreams about him, I was terrified. No, you can't go to the bathroom now. You have to wait for the pass. Sit down in your desk and work on your cursive, quietly. There's a good girl now. I imagined the afterlife as an eternity of waiting for the bathroom pass. Back in real life, minutes passed ever so slowly. Three minutes until I was late for school, eight minutes to recess, four minutes to the bell, when I could sprint back for a snack at home and escape the gaze of classmates and teachers. Ten minutes passed when my parents usually arrived home, exhausted and impatient for the delayed train. And how are you doing? How was school? What happened with the test? It was fine. Everything was fine. Bland. Easily digestible. I finished my chicken. Two minutes to spare before the Simpsons started. Raised to do the dishes. And please, please, five more minutes before I have to turn off the light. Mom, I want to read more. No, I'm not ruining my eyes. My eyes went open Feasted on words and light. Closed, my collection was ready. Scroll through. Pick a beach, a seashell of pink translucence. Pick a pine cone, a domed cloud, or a king crab. The kind face of a driver in the next van over, waving at me like she knew me. Though she didn't. They were all there, even the images I couldn't quite summon from the edge of memory. I worried that I was forgetting too quickly. From the vantage point of nine, kindergarten had already faded. Age 11. Not long after we stopped going to the big tree, my youngest brother's best friend died. That summer, he and my brother were five years old. They swam at the pool together, day after long, humid day, matching in little boy Speedos. Mikey and his family lived down the street from us, one block from the pool. There were certain rituals we observed in order to be safe at the pool always wear sunscreen. Don't go near the water for thirty minutes after you'd eaten. Watch for the lifeguards, whistle, and listen to what they say. No running or horsing around, stay away from the deep end until you had received the certificate with the gold smiley face saying you'd passed all the swim tests. We took them seriously. If we broke any rules, we'd be sent packing to our boring houses. There were certain rituals. When the adult swim ended at 2 p.m., all the kids would line up at the edge of the water. At the stroke of the hour, the lifeguard got on the speaker to announce, Bombs away! And everyone jumped in. My brother, Mikey, and all the other kids would cannonball into the water and continue their splashing and Marco Polo games until late in the afternoon sun. Except not that afternoon. When someone said, Where's Mikey? A few minutes after the call, for Bombs away, everyone thought he was playing hide-and-go-seek, that he had found a really good spot... Through the pool, the mantra, where's Mikey, spread until panic churned the water. It didn't take long to discover Mikey's hiding spot at the bottom of the deep end. Within the span of heartbeats, the lifeguard dived down, pulled him up to the safety of oxygen and light. A minute after that, CPR was being administered. The town's firehouse was six blocks away, and the pool was evacuated. Firefighters were swarming the premises within another ten minutes. The firefighters couldn't battle the water that entered Mikey's lungs, and they couldn't battle the lack of oxygen to his brain. His last image he ever saw, feet kicking above his head under the water. The kicking feet belonged to the kids who cannonballed and leaped into the water and accidentally knocked him unconscious. It's only three minutes between the bombs away announcement and the first where's Mikey. Only another two minutes maximum until the lifeguard's rescue dive. There wasn't time. I stole a look at the deep end, glancing back over my shoulder as I was being evacuated with the others. The deep end shone blue and inviting in the sun. The bottom reflected on the water's surface like a mirror. One last snap of that moment taken with my eyes. I had nightmares after that. But not nightmares about drowning. My nightmare was about being trapped in the afterlife. The only image available, that of feet kicking above my head. Over and over again on repeat, feet kicking, bubbles streaming upwards, and the sun so, so far away. I was worried that Mikey hadn't saved up enough images. He was only five years old. Maybe he didn't know yet that images were something to amass and treasure in order to have companionship in the long spans of eternity that lay ahead. In the days after Mikey's death, I biked all around our neighborhood to take photos of my favorite spots. The scenic corners, the flower boxes, the robins, and the worms all captured on a plastic disposable camera. The 30 photo limit was soon reached. Quick, I told my mom, let's get this developed. It's a project and I need the pictures, I said. We brought the camera to Walgreens and picked up the pictures the next day. That day was Mikey's funeral. I brought the photos in an envelope writing for Mikey on it. I gave the envelope to Mikey's mom and told her that it was a gift for him. That he needed this where he was going. Age 11. Epilogue. There were a few certainties I had, which came to me in dreams. The afterlife would begin after a ceremony at the big tree. We'd all be standing around it, holding hands and looking up towards the sky. My images would be waiting, fully stocked. Even the ones I'd forgotten, I hoped, were embedded inside the amber of my visual cortex. If God turned out to be a mean old man, at least he'd let me keep my images, I hoped. How could God be anything but a mean old man, since he took away someone as young as Mikey? I couldn't be certain about that, or whether Mikey was really looking down on us, like my mom said. But as for my images, I was well prepared. The afterlife could come any time, I would be ready.
2: Okay, next up in the digital issue, we have a series of photos from Sagar. And Sagar is a
1: photographer in Spain. And in this series of photos, My Plastic People, he takes photos of mannequins that are found throughout his daily journeys. And the intent behind the project is to humanize the mannequins and bring them to life and breathe this humanity into them and it is very very cool so be sure to go check that out on scoutandbirdie.com and next up in the
2: podcast is Ariella Carmel and Ariella submitted this lovely poem to us and she has been a delight to work with so enthusiastic and we're so glad to have her on
1: yes so please enjoy Ariella's poem
0: newborn
4: Will you swim to me? If my legs cease to swan, will you swim? Under a billowing of the gravest ash, we swaddled our bruises in baby cloth, bandaged skin with new skin. You crooned to me songs of valences while I ran my tongue over your bareness, my baby bird. And you said, this is all moment as I thought we are all amniotic. In a pool of laudanum, we stay suspended while all language has found us wanting while i find myself wanting to sever our barnacle caked grip and watch you swim
5: to me unbeckoned
2: Next up in the issue, we have Sebastian Jimenez Galindo.
1: And Sebastian is back sharing a sound poem from his collection, Voracious Blue Lobsters, hmm. which is such a great title. The sound poem is called Elevator Music and it is in Spanish. So if you'd like a translation to go along with it, be sure to go to scoutandbirdie.com and you can read it there. But please enjoy Sebastian's poem. Elevator music.
3: Antes de seguir charlando contigo sobre saberes ocultos en cada cruce de calle sin mirar antes de hacer una visita al karaoke para lucir todas esas canciones que he memorizado de vida. I feel like
0: Every day, quite a big part of me dies forever. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the real
3: world, Jeremy. you keep saying that. i discovered this aspect the <inaudible> pizza the 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 un the la ventana.
5: Jeremy loves me
0: No I I didn't actually of course you do
6: You're a moth sucked in by the light I've been banging my head for 15 years against that beautiful
0: Apenas él le amalaba el Noema, a ella se le agolpaba el plemiso y caían en hidromurias, en salvajes ambonios, en sus talos exasperantes. Cada vez que él procuraba relamar las cinco pelusas, se enredaba en un grimado quejumbroso y tenía que evolucionarse de cara al nóvalo, sintiendo cómo poco a poco las arnillas se espejunaban, se iban apeltronando, reprimiendo, hasta quedar tendido como el primalciato de romanina al que se le han dejado caer unas fílulas de cariaconcia. Y, sin embargo, era apenas sí, el principio, sí, porque en un momento dado ella se tordulaba los urgalios, sí, consintiendo sí, en que le aproximara suavemente sí, sus orfeluños. Sí, apenas sí, entreplumaban, sí, algo como un lúcordio sí, sí, los encrestoreaba, los sí, extrajustaba y paramovía. De pronto sí, era el clinón, la esterjurosa sí, convulcante sí, de las sí, Mátricas, sí, la sí, sí, en boca sí, pluvia del orgumio sí, los sí, esproemios sí, del sí, merpajo sí, en una sobreomítica gopausa. Ewey, volposados en la cresta del Murelio, se sentían balparamar, perlinos y magnos, temblaba el troc, se vencían las marioquinas, Shiro. y Shiro. todos eso que se giraba en un profundo pinche, Shiro. en miolamas de tendidas gasas, en cariñas casi crueles que los sobreloquenaban hasta el límite de las minucias. giro
2: Midori. Midori.
6: Midori.
0: Yellow.
3: Dijiste que aunque no hubiera poeta siempre habrá poesía Aunque nacimos con los aeroplanos del calor en los bolsillos Las rosas florecen en nuestros ojos y cada palabra que no decimos se desvía Aunque sepamos todo y no sepamos nada Los dos tenemos ombligos y los seguiremos teniendo hasta mañana Cuando regresemos de aquello y queramos despedirnos sin llorar Entonces hablaremos más tranquilos Esa será la otra historia que se escribe la ambigüedad convertida en ciencia, el avestruz que piensa resuelta que nadie la ve porque ha enterrado su cabeza con paciencia, entonces yo diré que alguna vez fui bombero, mentira pero se vale soñar, y tú dirás que nada de lo que creímos fue real excepto los nervios, pero carajo con eso basta.
2: All right, next up in the issue is Hal Baum. Hal is one of our favorite friends. He's a great friend to spend time with, to work on pieces with, and we're so happy to have him on board again for another Mm -hmm. issue. Yes, so please enjoy
1: Hal's piece, Six States from Grief.
7: I grew up in a house six states from grief. In the early 1900s, a wealthy merchant packed his family and all their valuables on a sled, took them from their small Jewish village in Russia, and headed over the border into Poland. They could feel the town disappearing from the map and were determined to escape before it was completely erased. As horrible as life was in Russia for the Jews, things only got worse in Poland. The only one to escape before the Holocaust was Boris. He married a young American girl who was visiting relatives in Poland and returned with her to New York. There, he became a hairdresser and raised three sons. One of his sons founded an incredibly successful graphic design firm. That son had a daughter who became a professor at the University of Chicago, and she had three children who grew up in a wonderful house with a big backyard and a family vacation every single year without fail. From persecuted to comfortable in only three generations. Boris's mother burned at Auschwitz. His sister was shot in the head after she was caught at the Czech border with forged papers. His other sister survived the death camps at Auschwitz and moved to Israel. She lived in Tel Aviv when Tel Aviv was just tense in the desert. Now Tel Aviv is a huge city in the desert, and when I visited Israel on my birthright trip, Long before I knew I had any family who might live there, my tour group didn't visit Tel Aviv because it was not safe enough for tourists. And the United States, who when Boris's mother was being burned alive, put a quota on how many Jews they would allow into the country, now somehow find it within their hearts to send those same Jews that they rejected trillions of dollars of support and weapons so that they can continue to bulldoze olive trees, torture civilians, and generally terrorize Arabs for trying to cling to the land that they have lived on for years from bullied to bullies in only three generations. But I grew up in a house six states from grief, and so I get to think about things abstractly, philosophically, and within the context of history. I get to write a story about it with a self-righteous tone and think, wow, I did a good job writing this. I'm sure everyone will love it. And then I can walk out of my house and go to work and feel better for a while. I didn't know who Boris was or what he went through until a few months ago. I don't even know what he looks like. Assimilation is the price of comfort in the United States, and I'm lucky that Jews are typically white people and were offered that deal in the first place. Maybe if they weren't, I would remember what it was like to be chased from my home, tortured, humiliated, and ground into human mulch to feed the tree of history. Learning about it now, I find myself thankful to my ancestors for giving me a life of comfort, but thanks to those same ancestors, I can identify with the people whose lives that comfort costs.
2: Next up in the issue is Xi'an Costello. And I met Xi'an when we were working together on a solo performance show. And right away, they struck me as such a thoughtful and unique poet. And I'm so glad that they're on for the issue. Mm -hmm. And in this
1: issue, Xi'an is sharing with us two poems. So the first one you'll hear is called Tenant, and the second one is called In the Air. Enjoy.
6: You keep it flowing because you know it must. It must be flowing, so you keep it. You keep it so, you keep it where it is, not to move but to be kept from flowing. So it can flow, and never fall away, always to flow, out of the picture, the one you keep, the one you kept, the flowing picture that is kept from the keeping, kept from the leaping, and at times weeping, then sleeping. The ups and downs of leaping and weeping. Always to be seen, a picture to be seen, never to be kept. But please, please, try to keep what is not kept and protect it from those who steal it, who make it their own, who keep it for themselves, keep it from them, keep it from others, whom we don't know and can't know because their energy is so frightening, their demeanor at times in light. Scorching their light is scorching, harnessed but never kept, so keep that. At least that. At least the picture. At least the flowing core of what we keep for ourselves so, so that no one can keep it. Keep that. At least keep that. That that, that in, is there in us, around us, that only takes safekeeping. Only this. Only to keep. Please do that. Do this. This and that. 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 Uh, that right there. Uh, that that the, that is there. And always, please, uh, at least always, never, keep just that, just this right here, right there, right here, right, again, left and right all together, only to step forward to keep it for safe keeping, please at least, just at least do that for you, please keep it then, keep it from not being kept, keep it for keeping, keep it for safety, for the sake of safety, keep it for that, kept inside, kept inside in safe in safety please then just do that do that for you do that for me hear me say what i say for if i don't say it the flow will break and it won't be kept keep it for this keep it for that whatever this is to that keep it in the air thrown in the air floating away Then falling, 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 falling. Back again. Here it is. Pick it up, throw it in the air. Up in the air, in the air, floating, floating, floating. Then falling, falling, falling. Again, back again, pick it up. Cycle is around, start again. Throw it up, let it go. Floating, floating, falling. Pick it up, take it home, go home. Go inside, go to bed, go back out, back outside, take it out, throw it up, floating away, floating away. Watch it go, watch it go. Falling, falling. Back again. Pick it up and take it home. Take it out back and back home. Home and back out and back and out back and home, then back out Then back home to the home that goes back out and in the back of the outside home. Throw it up, watch it float away. Floating, floating, floating away. Will it come back? Will it fall? Will it come back again? Will you pick it up? Will it go back home? Will it go up again? Will it float again? Will it fall? Will it float? Will it go? Will it come? Will it be again? Will it be back again only to be back again? Will it be again? Will it be? Falling.
2: That's it for The Issue. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay connected to us in between issues, make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Be sure to go to ScoutAndBirdie.com and check out Cigar's series of photos, My Plastic People. You can also see all of the artists' work there, and you can learn more about where to
2: keep up with each of them. If you would like to be in a future issue of Scout and Birdie, go on to scoutandbirdie.com, click on the submission tab, and send us your stuff. I'm Anna Wolf. And I'm Jennifer Keel. And we're going to play you
1: out with another song by Super King Reza called Check. We'll see you next
2: time with issue 20, In the Shadows. Bye. Bye.
4: To go nowhere, June 30th, 2017. Pick it up, it's gon be fucking free. Go. Yeah. Just gotta check what I'm gonna buy. Real Stand up, guy. Stand up. I need some new things. I need a few things. Talking sandcastles. castles. Talking moon rings, talking blue, Talkin blue dreams, talking Talkin Talkin white lines, talking Talkin gray phantoms, go vroom, vroom, every single stop sign like whoa, filling my hopes. I'm a lion, no goat. I'm a skipping no boat. Skipping that fine, they gon' play it again. Got lots of followers, got lots of friends, got lots of people that play for me. Just for the part where I sing on the beat. Just for the power, I sing on the beat. Might get a bitch in a couple retweets. I'm a vacation and island retreat. 1509 and my squad is elite. Just for the power, I sing on the beat. 1509 and my squad is elite. Just gotta check. What I'm going by. Just gotta check. Stand us, stand us, stand us, stand us Stand us, stand us, stand up, they can't stand us Stand us, stand us, stand us, stand us, stand us Stand us, stand us, stand up, they can't stand us